yo, what's going on? This is Relaxing Noji underscore Jackson and Big Cozy T Cozy. We are back for another edition of your favorite MMA show on the internet, the highly advised MMA podcast. And we are here for more MMA news for the people. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's been uh, a couple of weeks, listeners, and we're here with another episode. We're trying to do this uh, bi-weekly. Um, we're trying to do it around the UFC pay-per-view so we could give you as much information and content and things to listen to when we do these MMA podcasts. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Nigel? How has your past couple of weeks been, and how have you been since Saturday night with the big fights? I've been good, man. Been chilling out, you know, getting back to the work week as usual. Um, not doing too bad. I made myself a nice little dinner today. It was, uh, you know, uh, how would you say, like a, like a honey salmon with a little glaze and a okay. little sauce on the side with some rice and broccoli. I did my thing, man. Okay, that's that sounds disgusting, but all right. Wow, that's crazy. I'm just wow. joking. I'm just joking. But no, things have been good though, man. I've been chilling out, and uh, you know, things have been good. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So I guess we should just kind of really get into it. But before we do, I want to let the listeners know to please follow us at the Highly Advice Podcast on Instagram, mm. Advise Highly on Twitter, mm. and please subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, the Highly Advice Podcast. We definitely appreciate everybody who who already follows us, who already subscribed to us. Continue to uh, spread the love and continue to let uh, your friends and family know where to come um, check us out at check us out at when it comes to uh, MMA. We're we're two young brothers just doing something that we enjoy doing, and hopefully you guys enjoy us talking about it. And also, you know, keep on spreading the word because the more people we get to watch this, the more often we can do this and provide more content for the people. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, recapping the weekend because listeners and viewers, if you guys didn't already know, UFC 287, uh, main evented by Israel Adesanya versus Alex Piera. Um, it's a rematch from their last fight, which happened in MMA, but really a quadrilogy overall because this would have been the fourth fight in their combat sport rivalry with uh, the first two fights being professional kickboxing and the last two fights being in mixed martial arts. So um, before we even even get to the main event and share our thoughts of what we thought of the fight and and the winner and what's next, et cetera, et cetera, um, we're going to start with the main card. But before we even start with the main card, Nigel, before we do that, is there anything from the prelims of UFC 287 that you want to give a shout out to or you just want to quickly mention before we start the main card? Recap? It's funny you ask. I pulled up the card just so I can look at it and make sure I wasn't forgetting anything. So, um, yeah, Joe Pfeiffer, he knocked out, or I should say TKO, Gerald Merchart throughout the weekend. I thought that was kind of cool. And he's uh, coming off a two-fight first-round finish streak. So he might be a guy to watch in the middleweight division. Um, Calvin Gaslam came out and had a win against 
Chris Curtis, and I thought that fight was kind of interesting. The fight was close, and I think it definitely could have went the other way. But that being said, Calvin Gastelum, for a guy who's been an in- infrequent fighter for the last few years, came out and looked pretty precise in that fight against Chris Curtis. So shouts out to him. Okay. That's it for me for the prelims. Okay, well, starting out with the main card, we got um, Raul. Um, I mean, I need to look at his name. Raul Rosas versus Christian Rodriguez. Raul Rosas. My thought of that fight is I think Christian Rodriguez fought a good fight. He was very composed in his fight. When he was in danger, he didn't panic. He didn't flip out. He was actually very calm. I think that's a great thing because that means when he's dealing with adversity, he doesn't let it get to him. He's still able to uh, think through the process, through the through the process of emotions or whatever he's going through, and he was able to overcome. And he and he ended up. I think he could have actually finished him, but I I just don't know why he did try to pull the trigger more. Maybe he was just trying to be. Um, cautious trying to play safe and not get caught anything and if that's the case then you know that's kind of smart but i was impressed with christian rodriguez he did he derailed a hype train and um i think it was it was a good showing for christian rodriguez so i'm pretty eager to see what the ufc is going to do with him next raul he shouldn't hang his head low but this should be a, a real uh dose of reality that he should go back to his camp or wherever he trains at. So this way he can work on a more of an all-around game instead of just trying to go for the takedown nonstop. And then if this was back in like 2008, Raul would have been a monster. But since obviously it's not 2008, 2023, Raul needs to develop an all-around game because some of these guys, even with the same amount of experience, they got an answer for everything that's being thrown at him. So hopefully he um, he retools this. He learns from his loss, and it, it's still real early in his career. The he, the guy is only eighteen years old, real early in his career to turn things around and develop. So I wouldn't hang his head too low. I I think that honestly, in this point in his career, he's probably going to be taking a few losses, but he needs that to develop him into a better fighter. If he's especially if he if he really wants to go for it. But with all that talk of him beating Algermain Sterling right now, I think this fight just showed all that has been put to bed. To me, when I hear people say anything about him fighting Algermain Sterling, that just sounds like, you know, that's a fan that, you know, likes the hype train a little bit too much on some of these fighters. And we saw a few of the hype trains get derailed on Saturday night. And that's what I really liked about 287. I thought that was a, you see a lot of these fighters that get brought into the UFC and whether it's the fans or the machine behind them, for whatever reason, they have certain type of hype. Um, Raul Rosas, he had a little bit of a hype train, but at the same point in time, he's, he's a very young, like, you know, person, you know, to be in the UFC, the youngest fighter ever in the UFC. So, I don't I don't think that people should have expected him to steamroll his way to the champion, you know, immediately. That would have been very rare and, you know, definitely a thing to see. But at the same point in time, I'm not sure why people would expect that. Him taking this loss on Saturday isn't the worst thing that could have happened to him. I think that 
he, you know, just needs time to grow into his MMA career. And probably over some time, because he is 18, he will become like a decent fighter. But the fact that he's able to make it to the UFC at this point in time is impressive. So, you know, congrats to him. I'm sure he'll come back and be better. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Sage Northcutt from a few years ago, if you remember that. I think yeah, Sage Northcutt, yeah, I think he was also 18 or turning 19, something like that. And he also won his first fight, but then his second fight, it, it was a bit more challenging for him. So I, I think this should go, this should show for all the young fighters who are 18, 19, looking to get into UFC, got to understand once you get there, these guys are a lot tougher. Some of these guys, this is all they have. So they're not going to let some young kid take food off their table for their family. And they're going to fight a lot more serious. They're going to try to derail the hype train. So um, definitely credit to Christian Rodriguez. The next fight we had on the card was Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. And he won by KO in the third round. To me, this is a fight I was looking forward to. I think Kevin Holland is performing well at welterweight. Uh, like, to me, watching the fight, I didn't think that Santiago Ponzinibbio was necessarily going to win the fight. I'm not going to say that he fought a bad fight, but the way he was almost finished, if I'm not mistaken, in the first round, um, you know, while he was holding Kevin Holland's leg up, didn't necessarily give me the best feeling going into the second. And then obviously in the third, Kevin Holland finished him. Kevin Holland, I feel like if he can really focus, will be somewhat of a force at welterweight. I agree. Um, I actually wasn't expecting Kevin Holland to knock Pontanibio out. I was expecting for him to win because I think Kevin Holland at this at their point at both of these fighters, this current stage of their career respective careers. I think Kevin Holland is the better fighter. I just think that Pazanibio was still going to be tough enough to at least get to a decision. And he actually didn't fight a bad fight, like you mentioned. He was actually, if Kevin Holland didn't wasn't able to drop him and hit him with what with what he was hitting him, Pazanibio could have stole, you know, a couple rounds off of him. Because Kevin Holland, he wasn't actually being as active as I would have liked to seen him. But he got the KO at the end, which is all that matters. He got the win. And um, I think it's good. I would like to see Kevin Holland start fighting tougher competition again. Um, when he fights these lower-ranked opponents, I'm not saying that they're bad. They're good for him, you know, because it gets him on the win. He needed a win because he's coming off of back-to-back losses. But if he wants to start talking about title shots or if he wants big-money fights at welterweight, he does need to fight a tougher guys up in the division. Uh, right now, look, you know, thinking off the top of my head, I don't know who who he should fight next. I would say Michelle Pieta, but Michelle Pieta is already booked to fight Wonder Boy, so I can't. So I wasn't going to say him, but I I think somebody you know, Kevin Holland versus Jeff Neal. I don't think that's a bad fight. You know, that's I a good think fight. that's yeah, that's a good fight. So right there. Um, Ponzinibbio, all I have to say is I think he may got one more fight to show that he could still hang around. If he gets knocked out again in the next fight, that com- the conversation has to be 
has to be there about him possibly retiring. Because after he came back from that injury or that hiatus, he's been losing a lot more than I guess what the odds makers would like to see him lose by. So, shouts out to Kevin Holland, you know, back in the win column, and hopefully he gets a bigger fight moving forward. Yeah, you know, I guess we'll see what happens with, you know, matchmaking and welterweight. Moving on from welterweight, we had Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez, another, and, uh, you know, definitely uh, well put hype train was derailed that night by Rob Font. Adrian Yanez actually in the fight for, I would say, majority of the first round looked like he was doing pretty good on the feet before Rob Font started to find his way and then eventually got the TKO win. And it, it was impressive by Rob Font. It was definitely a win that he did need, which he said that while he was in his post-fight you know, interview. And uh, to me, what it showed really is that Adrian Yanez, he does have skill. He, he is very good but he's just not there yet. But it doesn't mean that he won't get there. Rob Font, you know, I think he just kind of weathered the storm and just kind of knew where to pick his moment. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I I think um, Rob Font did a good job utilizing his jab. His jab is actually what happened, what's actually caused the lead up to the finish. And I think it wasn't that... I think it was just that Giannis, Adrian Giannis, just needed to. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. I think Rafa fouled that jab, and I think just Adrian Giannis, he just needs to work on his. You know, that's when you when you lose in MMA, it really gives you the opportunity to really like to learn from what you've lost from, and and it's always like the littlest things. It could be like a small adjustment you have to make. Like, for example, I know Usman lost his rematch against Leon last month, but if he made that, you know, to prevent himself from getting the head kick KO'd again, he made that small adjustment. So this way he wasn't going to get caught. Leon threw those head kicks and Kamara defended him well. So it's that's just stuff that Adrianus just needs to to work on, okay, I need to work on my head movement. I need to work on l- learning how to slip the jab because I'm not saying that the next fighter is going to be able to pull off a good jab as Rob Font, but if, if they start to see like, oh, well, this is kind of a glaring hole in his in his striking defense, you could see more and more fighters that fight him in the future that'll try to utilize a jab on it, try to set up a trap or whatever. But with that being said, Adrian Giannis actually did was doing pretty good until he wasn't essentially. So I I wouldn't Adrianis, I don't think he should hang his head low. I think he should be, you know, take I think you could give him another top fifteen opponent um in Bantamweight. Rob Font, I would like to see him fight like Piotr Jan. I think that'd be a good fight for Rob Font. Um we'll see where these two are at in in their careers because of Rob Font. Wins that fight, they'll show like, okay, he's ready to go on to the next level. If Peter wins that fight, he gets back in the win column over uh, a legitimate top 10 contender. And that was leading into the co-main event. We had Gilbert Burns beating Jorge Masvidal. 
And then Jorge Masvidal actually retiring right after that fight. So, you know, definitely a good swan song fight for Jorge Masvidal. Um, Lyle, what'd you think of that? I think the fight was okay. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think I was, ex- I'm not going to lie. I was expecting Gilbert to, to KO Masvidal. Um, it looked like he was going to, but I don't know why Gilbert, he, it just seemed like he seemed hesitant. He was cracking in that third round. He was cracking Masvidal. And I thought he was eventually going to get a TKO at least, but no, he just didn't swarm it. He didn't try to bulldoze him. I don't know why he didn't do that. That it, I I might have to rewatch that fight again to see if I can pick up on why maybe he didn't try to go for the kill. But I thought he could have finished him in the second round, really, and and obviously even more in the third. But um, yeah, I thought the fight was okay. I didn't think it was all that great. I thought it was okay. Um, Gilbert Burns definitely dominated that fight. I didn't think Masvidal. I can't believe one judge gave the first round to Masvidal, which I think is like nuts. But you know, it's it's he got some home cooking home cooking in Miami. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gilbert Burns dominated that fight. The only thing disappointing was from it that Gilbert didn't knock him out. Um, the post fight, Gilbert was saying that he felt that Masvidal was very slippery. He felt like he put on lotion and and prior to the fight or whatever. If that's the case, then damn, you know, that's kind of a dirty move, if, if true, but allegedly, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, Masvidal retiring, I think it's time for him because he, he, it doesn't look like against the the top 10, legitimate top 10 contenders, it doesn't look like Masvidal can really compete with these guys. It really doesn't. So besides of getting like a... a a flash KO, flash knockdown type of deal. I don't think Masvidal could really compete with these guys 15 minutes and three rounds, 25 and five in, in, in five rounds. So for him to retire now, I think it's a good look on, on on him. He should retire. He's retiring healthy. Retire with apparently millions upon millions of dollars. So good for him, good for his family. He did overall, when you look at his career, he did have a good career. He's above 500. He beat some good names. He was in some of the biggest fights. He had some highlight moments during his career. He got to main event some pay-per-views. So I would say that's a good career. That's a solid career. Would you scream? Would you say like Hall of Famer and all that stuff? That's debatable, but not to disrespect the man. That's another conversation for another day. Um, Hopefully Jorge Masvidal enjoys life in retirement and hopefully he moves on to the next great thing. I see that he is like a promoter. He has game bread boxing or game game bread fighting. I I don't know either or, and it looks like that. Some of the, some of the, some fighters are fucking with it. They like how that shows being ran. So if he found some magic with that, keep on doing it, make it big as possible. So shouts out to both fighters. I'm glad that Jorge decided to hang it up before he knew it was going to be too late. And and kudos to Gilbert Burst for winning. Uh, now to talk about what's next with Gilbert, I think he's, Gilbert says that he wants to wait for a title shot and he wants to be the backup fighter for Leon and Kobe Covington. 
I don't think Gilbert will get the next title shot. So him being a backup or waiting till that Leon and Kobe fight is over is smart on his part. But let's say if he were to take another fight, I think he should do a title eliminator, either against Hamza if Hamza comes back down, or to um, Shafkat or or Bilal. But if he's seriously not trying to take a number a title eliminator fight, then yeah, I guess being a backup is the next best bet. I think I Dana think, already said that he was cool with that. I think that uh, Bilal should definitely do the title eliminator with Gilbert. I think that just makes the most sense. Like, yeah, the winner of that fight fight the winner of Leon versus Colby, and they keep it pushing. Like. It's cool, you know, to think that he would be the backup for that fight. But I feel like if they can make the Bilal fight, um, they should make that fight. And I think that would uh, make a clear path in welterweight for them to move forward to. I think yep. the re- Gilbert said he don't want he don't want to do that. Yeah, he I hear what he's saying. But yeah, if his next fight is not a title fight, he's cool with waiting until the title opportun- opportunity. And like I said, Dana White already said. He's cool with him being that the backup fighter for their fight. Yeah, so. I'm sure he sees no problem in having an alternate. You know what I mean? Like, that's great if he performs. Like, why not? And I'm sure if he gets paid. You know what I mean? But at the same point in time, that's not necessarily going to be mean that he gets the next title shot either. So, like, that, to me, if I'm Gilbert Burns, I'm fighting for a title shot. You know, like, it's either you sit out and wait and actually wait, or you just take that fight and then go to the title shot. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being an alternate, but that's what you are, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, I, I can understand where he's coming from a little bit. And the reason I why I too. said, yeah, because he's been calling people out and everybody's been turning him down. So now he's in a sweet spot. And yeah, he could risk it to fight Bilal, but if he's going to get a title shot anyway by being a backup or just waiting, then why not do that? It's not like he's ducking. He's not a he's not a ducker. He's fought tough competition already. And he's coming up in weight too. Remember, he's originally a, a lightweight. So he's doing his thing at welterweight. Um, would I like to see Gilbert fight another welterweight contender like a Shafka, a Bilal, um, maybe the Hamza rematch if Hamza comes back down? Yeah, but if that's not what's going to happen to Gilbert, then I'm not too mad because I think Gilbert is, he's a solid fighter. He's always, he always shows up to fight. I'm not mad at it. And I'm not going to say it's a bad decision because it's not a bad decision, but I just think that there's room for error there. So I hope that it works out for him in the way that he thinks it is because we've seen it not work out that way before. But It worked for for Kobe. It didn't work for Rashad. I don't know what you're talking about with Rashad. Rashad was waiting for his title shot, got injured, couldn't get his title shot. Was he a backup fighter? Was he a backup fighter that waited? I mean, obviously they didn't do that back in the day, but just we haven't seen this quote-unquote backup fighter era work to 100%, you know, certainty, you know. Anthony Smith was a backup fighter as well. You think he's getting the next title shot at light light heavyweight? He's not. He's not. I can tell you that. No, he he is not, but... I mean, I think his case was it was just a, a different case. I mean, every I, case is different. No, every case is different, but his is kind of like you know he's he was he's coming off a loss. Plus, he missed weight. 
and being a backup fighter. So he, that's different. Most backup fighters, you know, they hit, they make weight. So I think it's dependent on the situation. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you don't seem too positive about uh, Gilbert's um, what he's hoping for. I mean, it's possible. You know, I guess we just have to see how it plays out. Like, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be next. There's there's not a clear person to be next, but I think him taking another fight would make him the clear person. Maybe so. We'll just have to wait and see how this year plays out for Gilbert. Yeah. So the main event, we're moving on to Israel Adesanya versus Alex Preya. Knocked him out in the second round. Um, this was the rematch from the fight that was in November of last year. I did not have Israel Adesanya going into this fight. Um, I thought that Alex would just be too much for him. I thought that if anything, he might've had a better chance to knock him out again, um, or at least be maybe a little bit more dominant than last time, but that did not happen. Um, I think Israel just was too prepared, you know, I guess, you know, for what, what was coming in the fight. I mean, if you even watch the fight during the knockout, like that's essentially the sequence of the end of the first round from the first fight, except with a couple more seconds added on. So, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was impressive. Um, he got his get back. He's been waiting for it for a bit. Yeah. Shout out to Israel. He, he put a stamp in that fight. He definitely knocked Kiera out cold. You know, it was a clean knockout, knocked him to sleep. And um, now there's a kind of a debate online saying that, did Izzy bait him? Did he bait him? Of course, the haters are saying it's a lucky shot. I don't think it was lucky at all. If you saw, if you saw the slow mo, he was he was hitting him before Alex went on the ground and collapsed. So I I would like to say that Israel probably baited him. I don't think he was playing possum 100% with the leg kick. I think the calf kicks were getting to Israel, but I think when Israel was actually on the fence, I think that's when the possum around that time is when he decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bait him in and watch what happens. And he got him good. That first round that happened, I scored it for Israel, but it was it was a close competitive round. That round is what I would consider a swing round, where you I can understand why somebody else would score for Pieter. It was very close. I thought Izzy edged it out by due to like activity. Um, second round, it looked like Pieter started to actually start to take over a little bit because the the first part of the first part of the round. Izzy was kind of coming out a little aggressive and Pieter started to you know, answer and then he looked like he started to take over. But I think this is where the debate of the debating and playing possum came in. Was Israel playing possum longer than what we thought he was? Or XYZ, was he not playing possum until he got to the fence? I don't know. But, um, we could debate all day long. Israel knocked him out clean. It wasn't a lucky knockout punch neither. It was well executed. Pierre got up. He dapped Izzy up. Izzy dapped him up. They actually hugged backstage. Yes, Pierre is still up in the rivalry three to one, but I think Israel winning this one fight against him 
probably took so much off his shoulders. Um, the I know some people are crying and complaining about the post-fight celebrations. And the way I see it is shut up, stop crying. It is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I think I, it was an exciting main event. Um, Israel was definitely the MVP of that of that pay-per-view. Uh, far as what's next for Israel, I don't know. That I think is that I think is really interesting because Alex Pierre, I don't think he's going to get the trilogy fight right away. Um, I also don't know if he's really going to fight another middleweight contender because apparently the cut to middleweight is kind of tough. He was willing to suck it up and do it for Israel because, you know, their rivalry. But outside of that, I don't know if he's getting out of bed for Robert Whitaker or Marvin Vittori or Jaden Kennedy or to, to cut that weight. I think Pieter is going to move up to 205 and probably try to uh, stake his claim up there. And if we do get a, uh, another a trilogy fight in MMA between Israel and Pieter, I think it will be at 205. I don't think it's going to be at 185. For Adesanya, he cleaned out the division. It's hard to do Whitaker trilogy. It's hard. Nobody wants to see if it's horror trilogy. No, they don't. Yeah. Paulo Costa, uh, I, I'm not going to, if he beats, if, so listeners, we're going to get to it. But there's a rumor going around saying Paulo Costa is fighting Hamzat at middleweight. So if the rumor is true, and let's say Paulo Costa does beat Hamzat, I do see a rematch between Izzy and Paulo Costa happening. And then you have um, who's the dude from South Africa that claims that he's more African than the actually African born people? Drakus Duplessis. Yeah, so that dude is they calling him. Yeah, so Israel already started kind of like bringing him up because he didn't, he wasn't a big fan of the comments that he mentioned. Actually, a lot of people weren't actually big fans of it, unless you know, of course, you know who you are that was sitting that that's championing it. But, um, if that fight happens, I, I, to me, it'll be, I don't think that dude deserves a, a title shot. I really don't. Beating Derek Bronson, an old Derek Bronson, doesn't to me that doesn't warrant title shot. I think the dude needs to fight at least one or two more middleweight contenders. But let's say the UFC gives him a title shot, then if I was Israel, that's easy money. So I I really don't know what's next for Israel, man. Israel's in a sweet spot because he could kind of chill out for a little bit. I'm not, but I don't think he will though, knowing. The kind of fighter he is, he's gonna have he's gonna have at least one more fight before the year is up. It'd be cool if they did like a I don't know, what was it, the comeback season for like Israel Adesanya essentially, because they could do it at this point. He has kind of cleared out the division. There's no clear contender for him. And we can say maybe if and, but there's nobody for him today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you want to take this time to um like explain why you think he's the middleweight goat or is that a conversation for another day? Um, I think Israel. So I have, this is my take on the situation. I know a lot of people like Anderson Silva because you know, he's 16. What is it? 16 wins in the middleweight division. 
You um most wins in title fights with eleven, uh, most knockouts in middleweight. People are, people consider him the goat like across all divisions. I think it's now you can argue that Adesanya is in that conversation. To me, I think you can. And this is what I'm saying. When Anderson was the king, yes, he could only fight what competition was available for him. But the guys that were kind of bums, let me not say bums, but the guys that were lesser competition that really shouldn't have been there with him, Anderson didn't put them away. He didn't put them all away. Now, yes, you can make that argument for Israel, but the guys that Israel didn't put away, these were the the top guys of the division. Anderson, he should have put away Talis Lentis. He should have put away Patrick Coteau. He should he should he should have finished Damian Maya. Damian Maya at that point too. We're not talking about Damian Maya before he fought Tyron Woolley. We're talking about Damian Maya short notice fight for that Abu Dhabi cup. And or was it in Abu Dhabi or was it or was it in the United Emirates or whatever? I think it was in Abu Dhabi, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, I think UFC, it was the same place. UFC one UFC one twelve listeners and viewers, check that out and you can see the location. I only remember the name of the band. I don't remember the the exact location of it. I just know it was so somewhere in the Middle East. Um I think that when Anderson lost the title, he didn't get it back and went on a losing streak. You saw Israel lost the title, came back and knocked the dude out clean, cold. So I feel like the the argument should be made now. It should be made. I don't think that it's too far. If somebody's telling me, I think Israel Adesanya might be the, the middleweight GOAT, I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I don't think you have a bad argument. If somebody wants to say Anderson has, is still a middleweight GOAT, I'm not going to say they have a bad argument, but I feel like the debate is there. He did something that Anderson couldn't do. That's how I see it. I feel like to reference another debated topic between two fighters, when GSP and Usman was the big debate, unfortunately, Usman not only got knocked out, he lost the rematch. So right there, you can't give... Right there, Usman will always be second to GSP. Unless Usman bounces back and he goes on another tear and seven fight win streak, gets his title back and knocking out contenders. Then that, but I realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. So not because Usman's not good enough, but because I think that he's just getting older in age. So I don't think he'll have the time to do all that again. So, but with Adesanya Anderson and Adesanya already beat Anderson too, by the way. So later in his career, come on now. That's <laughs> that's like way past his prime. Come on. <laughs> in his prime, way past his prime. Like all right. If if it was prime <laughs> prime Anderson versus prime Adesanya, who are you taking? All right. So here's what I have to say about it, right? I, I did a little you bit. didn't you didn't you didn't answer my question. If I was if I if I saw the fight live, I take Anderson. Okay. Over Israel. Yeah, I know, because you you're not the biggest fan of the style. Either. I've never been the biggest fan of either. So I really have no stake in this place. But to to answer your question, I take Anderson. 
And I don't necessarily think that, while I think that this fight makes it to where now there is a debate because he did do something that Anderson Silva wasn't able to do during his career, um, I think that's like really the only thing you can say in the debate against Anderson Silva because I think, yes, he didn't necessarily finish the people he should have finished, but he finished damn near everybody else. You know, the people who were in the top 10 during his tenure, I would say the, the people like Chael Sonnen, Vitor Belfort, Yushinokami, uh, Nate Marquardt, because he was in the top 10 around the time as well. He finished all those people. And not only that, not only did he finish more people, he finished more people for a long period of time, a longer period of time. And, you know, he didn't necessarily move up to light heavyweight and fight for the title, but he did go up there twice and knock both of those people out as well. I, I look at it as... Anderson's record is a little spotty versus Israel Adesanya's record far as like you know UFC caliber fights. Anything that happened for Anderson and Pride or random concealed promotions doesn't count. I disagree. Far, far as you why why does that so you're gonna count that? No, but I'm not talking about obviously those, you know, promotions before he got to the EFC. We're not talking about those, but um, the only three people I, I looked it up, the only three people that he fought that weren't in the top 10 around that period of time when he fought them were Talos Lades, okay. James Irving, okay. Patrick Cote. Okay. Other well, than there, that, was, there wasn't any UFC rankings back then as well when Anderson was on top. There were. You can no. find them. I looked them up. There was UFC rankings. Yeah. Like the UFC put out rankings. Around when, that time of like 2010, they became more popular. So the UFC themselves. Not the UFC, no. We're okay. not talking about UFC rankings. They okay. weren't they didn't do their rankings until like 2015 or so. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm talking about. Back then, there was no really justifiable person, I mean, way to say somebody was number one contender or not, unless they were on a win streak knocking people out. That's how they determine their next contenders. Now, even though the ranking system isn't entirely just, and we can have a conversation about that all day, but now, you know, you could kind of have an idea on who should be fighting who. Back then, it was really just like, okay, the um, who, who, had, who had a good win streak and who had the most, you know, who in those win streaks were getting finishes. Remember a fighter in the middleweight division named... Um, was it Jorge Rivera? Rivera. Now remember that he had himself like a little win streak, um, not against any big names, but that's that's not that doesn't matter for right now. He got a big fight with Michael Bisping. Remember okay. that? I and do. You remember what Bisping did to him? I remember that. Yeah, the, Jorge Rivera wouldn't get a fight with a guy of caliber of Michael Bisping today due to the rankings. So I'm I'm not saying I'm not trying to say like Anderson's uh resume is bad or something to crap on or to even say no I think if you want to say res Anderson is the goat middleweight that's fine I have no problem with it to me it's kind of like the LeBron James Michael Jordan debate now now it's kind of like both sides have to you are just arguing their their points but both of their points are not bad points that's how I see it. I'm not saying that Israel's the clear-cut guy, but 
he's getting he's get he's getting there to be clear cut. If he if he beats the next middleweight guy, goes up a light heavyweight, and goes up and does his thing up there, the debate is going to be over. But right now, obviously, that's could have that should have could have would have. But right now, I think there is a debate between the two. That's all. That's what I believe. If I I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, listeners or viewers, or if you disagree, just let me know. Be like, yeah, I disagree, and this is why, or I see what you're saying, but you know, you ha- you're not taking account for this, blah, blah, blah. Let us know in the comments, listeners. So, sticking on middleweight, we have the rumored fight of Hamzat Jamaya versus Paulo Costa at UFC 294. Apparently, this was something that was said on the MMA Hour today. Wow, what are your thoughts of this supposed fight? Uh, well, first of all, it's not officially announced. At, a, at this time of recording, it's not officially announced. So this is all just rumors and speculations and whatever. It's Once it's officially announced, then we can like, definitely get all giddy about it. If this, if this fight is true, I think this is, would be a great fight for that Abu Dhabi card. I think this is... You know, Tremayev, once again, fighting another guy that is looked at as a top contender. I mean, as a contender. And then Paulo Casa in, in another front fight. I think this is, I think if this fight is true, it's exciting. But as far as like trying to deep dive into it, I'm not going to say it because it's all room speculation. Who knows? Who knows? Hamza hasn't fought in a while. And to get him a fight, it's always some, something is always going on with Hamza with his fights. Paulo Costa, I know he just got a new contract, but he's a guy that doesn't fight that often either. I think ever since getting beat up by Israel, he's only had one fight, and that fight was against... Um, Luke Rockhold. Yeah, see? So, uh, it, once that fight is official, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about it. But right now, I think it's, you know, it's cool, though. It's cool. It's, it's exciting. If it's... <laughs> becomes true if it's a fight that actually is made it's a great matchup um i would love to see that fight and honestly it's a fight that i have palms not winning but that's another conversation for another day you know definitely let's see how they build up that card um i'm sure they'll have more announcements as the time gets a little closer to that i i can guarantee you a prediction on that card the abu dhabi card what's that islam is gonna main event it. oh yeah that's happening. Yeah, 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 he'll be there. Islam in the main event. Um, Habib in the main event of the grappling tournament that happens on Sunday. Uh, there's a grappling tournament? I'm just saying, just whatever. You know what I mean? They'll work out something. Yeah, off, um, yeah Islam, he's that guy, man. Um, he's nice. All right, so moving on from... The supposed fight in middleweight, we are now moving into the preview of Holloway versus Allen. Max Holloway will be fighting Arnold Allen in a fight night next weekend. Um, wow, are you excited for this card at all? Have you looked into it and saw it as to who's fighting? So I brought it up, um, so this way I can actually look at it. And as I look at it, there's a, a few fights that stick out to me that, I, that I'm definitely going to tune into. Um, the first one that sticks out to me, which it's not something I'm excited for, but yeah, I want, I'm going to tune in because of the names, Zach Cummins versus Ed Herman. 
Um, Ed Hermit, man, that guy's still fucking fighting. <laughs> this, That's what I thought, too. I'm so, like, damn, he's still there. Yeah, man. So I want to see how that goes. Um, a big fight, Brandon Royval versus Mateus Nicolau, or Nicolou, excuse, uh, forgive me if I mispronounced the last name. That's that's a bit that's a big contender fight for flyweight because if Mateus wins that fight, you're looking at a another flyweight number one contender right there. And but if Brandon wins that fight, I don't think he'll get the next shot at the belt, but he'll definitely get a big flyweight fight after that. So I think that fight is good. I'm actually a little surprised that fight is on the prelim. Um, I see Clay Guida, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I, I'm not really excited to see that. Um, I am excited to see Pedro Munoz versus Chris. Um, please forgive me. Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good fight at Bantamweight. Both of those guys can fight really well. Yes, I can. Um, I do not care about Ian, Ian Kudalaba versus Tanner Boser. That's not a fight I'm interested in. Um, Dustin Jacoby. He's a solid guy, but that's not a fight that I'm really interested in. Edson Barboza, and was it Billy Quarantillo or Billy Q? Billy Q. Um, that's going to be a good fight. I'm expecting that to be fight of the night, so I'm, I'm definitely going to want to tune that in. And for the main event itself, I think I'm going to go with Max Holloway, man. I think I am because. I think it's going to be Max Holloway by decision. He just went against Volkanovski, man. Volkanovski, that Volkanovski's nice, man. He's nice. I I know people are are probably counting out Max because of the the beating that he got from Volkanovski, but I just don't see. First of all, when it comes to just striking or boxing. Arnold Allen has some power. I just don't think he has the finesse and the foot, the technique and the footwork to to out to beat Max on the feet. Unless he catches Max with with a good strong strike, I just don't see him go toe to toe beating Max on the feet. The way Arnold Allen could beat Max is to out grapple him, but I don't know, man. Max Holloway's no slouch when it comes to the grappling either, man. It's not that's not something you could do and go in there and just relentlessly take him down. And I don't even know if that's Arnold Allen's game really to be a or to be relentless with the takedown. Yeah, he uses it because he's an all around fighter. But I don't know, man. I just think Max I think Max might get this might get might pull off the decision, man. I really think I do. Arnold Allen is a good fighter, but it might be like another Yair Rodriguez situation where he looks good in a fight, but by the end of it, he did lose. I think Max Holloway can win this fight. I'm just not sure if he's going to win this fight. You know, like, I think he's fully capable of winning this fight. I don't know. Like, I guess my thing is this. When I see Max Holloway, I'm like, where does he go after this fight? Like, if he beats Arnold Allen, then what? You know, like, I'm, I'm curious to know how much he's you know, probably thinking about it himself because he's not going to face Volkanovski a fourth time. He's not going to do that. And I don't know, like maybe move up to a lightweight, lightweight, but then what would this fight mean? So it's like uh, Max Holloway hasn't shown to be a person who's not necessarily looking at his opponent. 
But like at the same point in time, like Al- Arnold Allen is somebody who's like on the rise. So that's why I'm thinking like he might have that in his, you know, favor. So I think Max Holloway is going to win this fight. But if Arnold Allen is looking to really, he's going to have to outwork Max Holloway in order to win this fight. And Max Holloway is not known to be anywhere near a slouch. This so, might be this might be like the Yair Robert gets fight all over again, where Max, where Max had to really dig deep into his tools and mix shit up. Because um, Arnold Allen, don't get me wrong, the dude is a tough out. He's he's definitely he's earned this fight. This fight he's earned, it. and he could. This is a fight he can win. I just don't know, man. I think Max's uh, experience is going to really help him in this fight, man. I really do. It's it's a tough fight, no doubt. I just think Max is going to pull. He's, I think he's going to pull this one off by decision. Um, I'll be tuning into the fight. Hopefully, the listeners, the viewers, tune in, and and we'll we'll get back at it to at the next episode talking about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on from that card. Um, we're going to go back into, I would say, this past weekend and actually recap the last Shakur Stevenson fight. You fought there. Wow. I know you weren't able to watch it, but I I took out the time to watch it today. Um, Shakur Stevenson essentially from the second round dominated the fight, you know, in making short of essentially what happened, like dropped him, I would say, like in the second and fourth round and then leading to the finish in the sixth when the um, referee just kind of stopped it. Like it was pretty much just a, a dominant performance from Shakur Stevenson. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're saying that the fight that they want him to, or they're speculating about next is the Devin Haney fight. Yeah. Wow, what do you think of that? Um, I think it's fantastic. That's um, best versus the best that everybody wants to see. Um, for the listeners and viewers that follow boxing, um, I think that you should already be aware of Devin Haney. He's the undisputed lightweight champion right now. He owns all of the four belts, the belts, the, the four belts that matter. Nobody cares about the other titles, but the four belts, which is the WBC, WBO, WBA, and the IBF lightweight championships. And he's defending against Lomachenko. Lomachenko is a former unified lightweight champion. So that's a big fight on ESPN. If Devin Haney gets past Lomachenko, Devin Haney has some options because now or now it's probably going to be, okay, you can do Devin Haney versus Shakur, which is a big fight. And I'm pretty sure ESPN would love to make that fight. All the fighters are in-house. All the belts are in-house. It should be easy to get done. But you also have, on the other hand, Devin Haney versus the potential of fighting Tank Davis because Tank... It's fighting Ryan Garcia soon. And if Tank wins that fight, like a lot of people think he will, Tank is also in line for a shot at the belts. And I think that when you talk about the money-making fights, which is boxing's biggest priority, mind you, they're going to go with the Tank fight. They're going to they're gonna explore that first. Hey, if we could get the Tank fight done, we're going to get this done. And Devin Haney already says that he will stay at 135 to fight Tank. Um, I think it's good, man. I think it's I think it's good. Shakur fighting 
Uh, Devin Haney is a, a great fight. I would like to see that fight because we will see who's the best. But I I don't know if Shakur will get Devin Haney next because we have to wait to see if Devin Haney even wins. And if Devin Haney does win against Lomacheco, then we got to see if Tank wins. Because if Tank wins against Ryan Garcia, now there's going to be a log, log jam because you're going to be like, okay, who's going to fight the champion next? Is it going to be Shakur or Tank? So we'll we'll see. Um, I think it's for the lightweight division of boxing right now. I think this is healthy for them because they they probably haven't had this in in a minute. So, <clears throat> who would you say you have in the the tank fight coming up for this? Uh, oh, I guess not upcoming weekend. It's happening on the twenty second, correct? Uh, yes. Who do you have in that fight coming up? Um, Tank, man, I do. I'm not counting out Ryan Garcia like a lot of people. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, this should be a breeze for Tank, go in there, knock him out, and then walk out with millions of dollars. I don't think so. I think that Ryan is going to make the fight competitive. I think in the later rounds, Tank is going to, I think Tank will put him away. I think Tank has the real possibility to put him away before they even hit the 10th round, the championship rounds per se. But I think Ryan Garcia will make this fight a bit competitive. Now, if Tank goes in there and knocks him out within four to five rounds, then I guess what they were saying about Ryan Garcia being the, the Instagram boxer is true. He got he got wiped out pretty quickly. But if this fight goes on to the ninth round, tenth round, it'll go to show, okay, Ryan Garcia is legitimate, but unfortunately he just lost to the be- the better boxer. But I'm picking Tank by KO. Probably, I'll say KO by the night. To me, it's kind of funny because, like, it really is like that. Like, Tank, if he wins, like, the, I guess the, I would say the more, um, what's the best way to put it? Like, Tank, the boxers who've actually been boxers would feel, like, more verified if he wins, you know? But Ryan Garcia, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are wanting him to win for the sake of what he does online and his reels on Instagram and social media. So, like, to me, I think this is an interesting matchup to make. But I would think that Tank, with his, uh, especially him fighting more often, would actually have more of a leg up in this fight. I think he also hits hard enough to make a difference in this fight as well. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to knock him out, but... I think that, you know, the possibility is definitely there. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see when that fight happens in a couple of weeks. And, but after that, that's probably when you can expect to see us again, listeners. Well, who, do you, who are you picking? Oh, Tank. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking Tank. Okay. Um, yeah, listeners, so we'll definitely we'll be tuning in to that fight as well because that's a big fight for boxing. Boxing needs a big fight like this. And they're they're definitely getting one. This year actually is looking kind of good for boxing. I'm not gonna lie. It is. So um this is one of many good fights that boxing has for this year. And Nigel and I will definitely be tuning in. And when we return to the highly advised MMA, now we'll recap the Holloway Allen fight. We'll give our thoughts of Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. And then we'll probably be previewing the next fight night card or pay-per-view, whatever falls in line. Um, as another thing, listeners, we are 
we are going to do bi-weekly episodes. Um, our March Madness is over. We're back in the swing of things. So for the Highly Advised MMA podcast, it will be a bi-weekly thing. Um, so next week, you're not going to really hear from us. But the week after that, it should be a loaded show because we all have a lot of things to speak about and and uh, bring to your guys' attention. If something really crazy happens between now and the next episode, I'm pretty sure Nigel and I will put our minds together and we'll sneak in an episode before the no- normal uh, expected release. So that's just all I got. Nigel, is there anything you want to say to the listeners? You know, you want to let them know what you got going on. You want to let them know that you like eating chitlins and you want to let them know anything positive about what you got going on in your life. Maybe a special lady. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, just joking. (laughs) Um, what I will say is that the information that they really should be focused on is the place where they can follow us, which is the Highly Advised Podcast on YouTube, Advise Highly on Twitter, Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram, um, Relax and No G underscore Jackson, Big Cozy, Too Cozy, we're here for the people. If not anything else, um, we will see y'all in a couple weeks. Until then, have a good night. Enjoy. Peace. Or good morning if you listen to this morning. Or good afternoon if you're listening to this. Good day. And and don't forget to acknowledge us. (laughs) Peace.